You know, when I, when I think about jobs, my mind goes to Joshua. Last week we talked about Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. And Joshua had a new job. He was Moses' assistant. And then what happened is Moses died. And he took over as the head guy in Israel. Wouldn't that be a significant change of job description? And he was a little bit nervous about it. And that's why Joshua 1 was written. In, in Joshua chapter 1, God communicated to Joshua, you need to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. And that's exactly what each and every one of us need to do. Unless we're totally like Jesus Christ already, we need to move from where we are to where God wants us to be. In order to do that, God communicated to Joshua, you need three things. Number one, humility. A recognition that we're not where God wants us to be. Number two would be faith. And he shared various promises in Joshua chapter 1, basically saying, you're going to be victorious. You're going to be able to lead the children of Israel to inherit the promised land. And then the third thing is, is diligence. Look at verse number 8 of Joshua chapter 1. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from, the, from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse number 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. God wanted Joshua to be diligent in meditating on Scripture and then doing what it said. And we too need to learn God's Word and apply God's Word in our life and in our ministry. Well, Joshua is a book of victory. There were some defeats. Usually it was because people chose not to trust God and not to obey God. But generally speaking, Joshua is a book of victory. And, and the reality is this. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world, according to 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4. Joshua chapter 2 talks about Rahab's faith. Let's read it together. Joshua chapter 2, beginning to read verse number 1. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Achaia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark, that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof. And said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, the terror, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that, that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted 
because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from this death. So the men answered her, Our lives for yours, if none of you tell this business of ours, it shall be, when the Lord has given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, Get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterwards, you may go your way. So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own house. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath, which you made us swear. Then she said, according to your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. They departed and went to the mountain and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them all along the way, but did not find them. So the two men returned, descended from the mountain, and crossed over. And they came to, the, to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all that had befallen them. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands, for indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, for the fact that it's inspired, and that as we look at Scripture, we can not only learn facts, but we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we may prove your good, acceptable, and perfect will. We thank you for the example of Rahab. We pray, Lord, that we'll learn from some of the things that we learned today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at this portion of Scripture and Rahab's faith, there are several observations that I'd like to make. Number one, Rahab had a past. Notice verse number one, Joshua chapter two. Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from Micaiah Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came into the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. She was a harlot, she was not sexually pure. It was a scenario where she had no room for pride. Is it not the reality that each and every one of us have a past? Now, some of our pasts are not as bad as others, at least in the eyes of the world. But in the eyes of God, anything that we do that is against his word is sin. There are two kinds of sin. One is the sin of transgression. Sin is the transgression of the law. And when God's word says, thou shalt not, 
and we do it, then we're breaking his law. We are sinners. Thou shalt not steal, we steal. Thou shalt not kill, we kill, etc., etc. But there's also a sin of omission. In James it says, if we know to do good and do not do it, then to us it is sin. So if we know we're supposed to read the Bible and pray and we don't do it, guess what? It's sin. If we know that we're supposed to witness and we do not do it, it is sin. I would imagine that there are various things that we recognize that we haven't done that we should have done. So all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's why the gospel is so great. We've all sinned fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. We, we deserve to die and spend eternity separated from God. But God loved us so much. He sent us his son, the Lord Jesus, to die on the cross to be the sacrifice for sin, just like, just like uh, Eric was saying a few minutes ago. And because of that, if we believe, we can have everlasting life. The reality is every one of us have a past, just like Rahab did. But what we need to do is we need to repent and believe. On Wednesday night, we were looking at Acts chapter 20, uh, Paul's parting words to the elders at Ephesus. And this is just one verse that he said. He talked about his faithfulness in teaching them, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it true that we all need repentance and faith? If we don't recognize that we have sinned and turned from our sin, we're not going to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not going to trust him. So we need repentance and we need faith. And the good news is that no matter what we've done in the past, God will forgive and cleanse as we come before him in repentance and in faith. So Rahab had a past but the good news is that our past does not have to equal our future. When we come before God in repentance and faith, there is no telling what God can do. Observation number two. Rahab trusted God. Verses 9 through 11. Chapter 2, verse 9. I know that the Lord, this is what Rahab said. I know that the Lord has given you the land and the terror of you has fallen on us that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. Notice this. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Isn't that a pretty significant declaration of faith? Basically, Rahab was saying to the two messengers, to the two spies, he, she was saying, we know that God has worked significantly in the past. And we figure that God is going to work significantly in the future. And everybody's scared to death. Because they knew that the children of Israel were on the way. And that God was God in heaven as well as on earth. Basically, because of what she heard, she had faith in God. There's a verse in Romans that says, Faith comes by hearing, 
and hearing by the word of God. That's why it's so important for us to spend time in God's word so that we can grow in faith. And that's why it's important for us to communicate to others what God has done, what he's done in scripture, what he's done in our lives, what he is doing. We need to be communicating that so they too can have faith in God. The interesting thing is this. Rahab probably had more confidence in God than most of the Israelites had. Think about it for just a minute. The Israelites, they didn't do very well all the time. In fact, in, in Scripture, it, it gives a negative example of the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Why did they wander in the wilderness for 40 years? They could have gotten there in a couple of months. But their problem was twofold. Number one, unbelief and disobedience. And we have the same problems. So often we don't believe God and we don't obey God. But Rahab trusted God. She had heard what God had done and she had faith that God would work in the future. Rahab had a past, but Rahab trusted God. Number three, Rahab acted on her faith. Notice what it says in verse number 15. She did different things. She hid the messengers. Uh, she protected them. But in verse number 15 of chapter 2, it says, Then she let them down by a rope through the window. For her house was on the city wall, and she dwelt on the wall. So the messengers were in her house. She was, she was hiding them. She was protecting them. She was beseeching them that they would, when they attacked Jericho, protect her and her family. And uh, she took action. It wasn't just a theoretical thing, but instead it was a practical thing. And she let them down with a rope so that they could escape. One of our problems in America today is that many of us have the right intellectual belief. In other words, we believe in Jesus. We believe that he died on the cross. But we really don't take action. Number one, even though we believe in Jesus, we don't choose to trust him as our Savior and Lord. Number two, even though we say that we trust him and we know that he is able to do far above all that we can ask or think, we do not take steps which show our faith in him. Rahab is mentioned in James chapter 2. Keep your fingers in Joshua chapter 2 and turn to James chapter 2 and we're going to read the whole passage of scripture that talks about faith and works. James chapter 2, beginning to read at verse number 14. I'm going to read it slowly. Think about it as I do. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? 
Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. That can be a confusing portion of scripture for some because it seems to indicate that we are saved by works. The reality is that we're saved by faith, but genuine faith is going to result in works. Does that make sense? In Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Paul said to the church at Ephesus, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you look at that carefully, you think, well, that's saying exactly the opposite thing that James said in James chapter 2. But the reality is that we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. It is a gift. It's not a matter of works because we can't work our way to heaven. We can't be good enough to go to heaven. The next verse, Ephesians 2.10, says this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. But if we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ, then what happens is we do good works. You're familiar probably with 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And the fact is this, that when we trust Jesus Christ as Savior and we have genuine faith, then God starts to work in our hearts and lives And the result is that we do good works. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. When we have faith in Jesus Christ, genuine faith, then we will do good works. People will see our good works and God will be glorified. So when James says faith without works is dead, the reality is that works are important not to save us, but instead so that we can be saved and do good works. So Rahab acted on her faith. It wasn't just an intellectual belief, but she really believed it. It was genuine, and she acted on them, protected the messengers, let them down by rope, and so on. If you have genuine faith, should you not be living for God? If you really believe what God's word says, Should you not be seeking to live your life for him and serve him? Well, the next observation is this. Rahab did not procrastinate. I'd like to take an unofficial poll for just a minute. The the two questions are this. Number one, do you tend to procrastinate? And the answer would be yes or no. All right, so do you tend to procrastinate? Everybody says yes, raise your hand. Okay, Everybody says, no, raise your hand. Okay, I think more of us procrastinate than don't. But when it comes to extremely important things, we should not procrastinate. I read a book once 
that talked about procrastination. It said procrastination is good if you're procrastinating on the things that you really don't need to get done, the things that are not very important. Well, sometimes procrastination can be very bad and can get you in trouble. Uh, it can be very negative. But the reality is this. When it comes to eternal issues, none of us need to procrastinate. Notice what happened in verse number 21. We're back in, in Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2, verse number 21. Then she said, according to your word, so be it. She sent them away and they departed. And about a week later, after she had put it on her to-do list, she went ahead and put that cord in the window. Now, she didn't put it on a to-do list. She went ahead and got it done. My guess is that there are some eternal issues, some spiritual issues that some of us have been procrastinating on. We just haven't been doing it. For some, it's a matter of trusting Jesus Christ as Savior. You know the gospel, the bad news, we're sinners, we deserve to go to hell. The bad news that we need to deserve to go to hell. The good news, Jesus died on the cross so we can go to heaven if we believe on him. And some of us are thinking, well, let me, let me live it up for a little while longer. Let me think about it a little while longer, and then I might do that. Problem is, none of us know that we're promised tomorrow. If we pass away tomorrow and we haven't said yes to Jesus Christ, that means we've said no to Jesus Christ. And again, none of us know for sure that we are going to be here tomorrow. So what we need to do is to go ahead and stop procrastinating and trust Jesus Christ as Savior. There, there are others of us that say, yeah, I'm planning on reading the Bible. In fact, we had conversation in our Sunday School Life group this morning. Uh, I guess the question was asked, don't you think that people get more serious about reading the Bible as they get older? And quite often, that is the case. But should we wait till we get older? No, instead we need to go ahead and do it now. Rahab did not procrastinate. She put that scarlet cord into the window right away. And some of us need to take care of some things right away. Well, so far we've talked about the fact that Rahab had a past. She trusted God. She acted on her faith. In other words, she obeyed. Rahab did not procrastinate. And now we're going to switch from Rahab to God. God rewarded Rahab's faith. Do you think God rewards our faith? I think there's no doubt. We see it in Joshua chapter 6, verses 22 to 25. Joshua 6, 22. Joshua 6 has to do with Joshua in the battle of Jericho. It says, Joshua had said to the two men who had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house, and from there bring out the woman and all that she has as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. So they brought out all her relatives and left them outside the camp of Israel. But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of the bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had, so she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. 
So God rewarded her faith. She trusted God. She obeyed God. Faith without works is dead. And as a result, when Jericho was attacked, she and her family were spared. Uh, Pretty soon we're going to be talking again about Joshua and the battle of Jericho. How many times did Joshua and the children of Israel march around Jericho? Some of us say seven, and it was seven days. But it was actually 13 because the last day they marched around the city for 13, excuse me, for seven times. So it's 13 times around the city, and the people were looking down, and they were sort of thinking, those foolish Israelites. But of course, after the 13th time when the trumpets were blown and, and when the shout came out and the, the walls started falling down, they had another thought coming. But the interesting thing is this. Her house was on the wall. The walls fell down flat everywhere but one place, right? Because apparently they went to her house after most of the walls fell down. God rewarded her faith and her works And as a result, she was spared when the children of Israel fought against uh, Jericho. Does God reward our faith? I believe he does. We need to trust him and obey and depend on him to bless us. Does that mean he's going to take away all our problems? Not necessarily. But he'll be with us in the midst of our problems. And we can always trust in him and cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Another observation, and and I think this is one of the main things. God used Rahab in spite of her past. God used Rahab in spite of her past. Number one, she protected the messengers. That was pretty significant. Number two, she encouraged God's people. Look at Joshua chapter 2 and verse number 24. Joshua 2, 24, the two spies said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands, for indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. In other words, the spies went back with some encouraging words because of Rahab and because of her faith. Number three, she was in the line of the Messiah. Did you know that? Matthew chapter 1, verse number 5 says this, Solomon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, Jesse, David, and so on. There are actually four women that are mentioned in the genealogy. That doesn't normally happen. But Matthew, inspiration of of the Holy Spirit, wanted to make a point that God uses people that have a past. Rahab was a harlot. She had a past. But she was a part of the line of the Messiah. And I think that is pretty significant. Another way that she was used, she became an example of faith. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, when the heroes of the faith are mentioned, Rahab is mentioned as well. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 30 to 31. By faith, the walls of Jerusalem fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. In other words, she did believe, therefore she did not perish. And because of that, 
she became an example of faith. So as we, as we look at what God is doing, he rewarded Rahab's faith and he rewards our faith. He used Rahab in spite of her past and he uses us as well because the next point is this, the next observation. God can use us as well. Even though we have a past and all of us do, even though we feel unworthy, even though we feel inadequate, God can use us significantly. God's grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in weakness. I'd like to ask you to turn to one more portion of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And the church at Corinth, they were impressed with themselves. Have you ever known people that were impressed with themselves? I see some people looking at your spouse right now. You're, you're perhaps thinking of somebody. But there, there are some people that think they have their act together. They think that they are pretty impressive. They think they do a, a pretty good job. But this is what Paul said to the church at Corinth. Verse 26, 1 Corinthians 1. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. What, what Paul is saying is this. He does not normally choose people that have their act together totally. He does not normally choose people though, that are wise and that are strong and that are noble. Instead, he chooses people like us, uh, people that make mistakes, people that don't know perhaps as much as we would like to know, People who were weak, weary, and overwhelmed. Because if we had our act together and, and God started using us, then our attitude might be like the attitude of some in the church. Well, man, of course God's using me because I, I'm pretty good. And we're glorying in ourselves rather than glorying in the Lord. We're taking the credit instead of giving the credit to God. Notice verses 30 and 31. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and sanctification, excuse me, wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. In other words, God chooses those of us who are weak, who, who perhaps aren't always wise, who perhaps aren't always the most noble, those of us who have issues, those of us who have problems. He chooses us to use us to accomplish his purpose so that he can receive honor and glory. That does not mean that we should not try to grow in wisdom. It does not mean that we should not try to grow in character and, and so on. What it means is this. That no matter how inadequate we are, when we have faith 
like Rahab had and our faith moves to action, God can use us to accomplish his purposes. And we don't need to say, I'm unworthy. We don't need to say, I'm inadequate. We need to say like Paul did in Philippians 4.13. I, let's say it together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Even if we have a past, God can use us to accomplish his purpose for his honor and for his glory. But we need to trust and obey. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray that we will grow in faith. That we'll have faith even like Rahab, who had a past, but she saw you work and she trusted you. Lord, I pray that we will think about what you've done in Scripture, in our lives, and the lives of those around us, and that we will trust, that we'll trust and obey. And Lord, I pray that as a result, you will work your perfect will in and through us for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.